Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and with me today, as always, is our moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you doing today? It is a big day in the state of Georgia, high school basketball-wise. It is a big day, and we are not talking about all the AAU tournaments that are going on. This is an unplanned emergency podcast, as we like to call it, Kyle. Uh, yes, yes, emergency. I want to I wanna put it as a, a bad emergency. A lot of times people think emergencies are, are bad things, but you know what? If you're in Class 7A, it might be an emergency bad thing because Larry Thompson, two-time state championship winner at Green Force in his only two years as head coach, at Green Force over in Class A Private, has agreed to fill the void left behind by Coach Lipscomb at Wheeler, and Larry Thompson is going to switch in his green and white for some yellow and blue, and that is just a, a, a very big deal in the state of Georgia, I mean. You know, I tend to agree with you, Kyle, and I really like the tweet you sent out an hour ago, and I'll quote you here, landscape changing moves late in the summer. Just when you thought all was quiet, gotta love it. GHSA will have a very different feel. And I really tend to agree with what you said and the kind of the message behind that tweet in that it's late in the summer, relatively speaking, to be making such moves. Teams have already set their schedules. The uh, playing period over the summer has already ended. And all of a sudden we see such a big move from a two-time back-to-back state championship winning coach moving from one program to a Wheeler program that was or still has a lot of talent, a lot of good Division I talent, and was poised to win last year. Uh, kind of flopped in the state tournament relative to all the expectations they had, but a huge move. Yeah, and it was uh, Principal Peter Giles that, that tweeted out uh, Larry Thompson coming over to to uh, Wheeler uh, at about 6 o'clock or so today, and that, that's a big deal because look at his success over at Green Force in his, in his two years. 30-2 and two his first season, won a state championship, and that was no small feat. You beat St. Francis, who had Kobe Simmons, who went undrafted in the NBA draft, but he signed a deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, had Chance Anderson, who went to Saint, San Francisco. So that was a very good team. That was a loaded team, but they beat them. Then year two, just this past year, went 27-5. and five. Uh, had some losses in state, only three three in state losses over his uh, his two years at Green Force. So he he finished up at Green Force fifty seven and seven with two state championships. His only three in state losses. I don't know if you know this or not. Ramin, in year one, lost to South Atlanta, which was a, a very big upset. South Atlanta was always a very a very good team in those lower classifications, but that was a shocking shocking victory for them at the BCB. MLK Classic, and then um, just this past year, they lost to Norcross, and who else beat them this past year? It was actually Wheeler, where uh, Coach Thompson is ending up at. Wheeler defeated them 53-42, to and uh, Green Force, I do not believe they were at full strength at that game. Um, they were missing a starting point guard, who missed a lot of the season due to injury, but now he is a healed up and he's going to be going to Appalachian State Justin Force who is a a key cog for them so he has a little bit of familiarity with the the Wheeler program playing against them and playing in a, a Wheeler tournament but just 57 and 7 over his 
his only two years at Green Forest. It doesn't get much more successful than that, taking into account winning two back-to-back state titles. But uh, we know he's going to do a, a good job over at Wheeler. You mentioned Wheeler's going to have still have talent over there. But before we jump into what Wheeler's probably going to look like with a, a new head coach in tow, uh, what what happens, what becomes of Green Forest? That is a school that, according to the GHSA, uh, their enrollment numbers heading into last year for when they did their realignment with everything, they only had 67 kids in the entire school and I've heard stories, you know, dating back years, a couple of years before Green Forest turned into a basketball power. They were saying Green Forest was going to shut their doors and they were going to close the school down because they just didn't have enough funding. And then something happened, bing, bang, boom. And then they turned into a, a national a national power. But now Coach Thompson steps away. Uh, that's going to be their third coach in, what, I guess three years now. He was there for two years and then had a previous coach there. So uh, Green Force has kind of become a, a, a win-quick situation, but now all those big guys are leaving. You're losing a massive senior class with Ike Abiyagu, big seven-footer going to Florida State. Uh, Bebe Iola, he was going to, I think he's ending up at Stetson. He's gone, another 6'10". Um, Victory Noah, uh, he's where going to Memphis. Justin Forrest mentioned him going to App State. So that's what, that's, did I just name off about four, three, four Division One players right there. Then you lose David Quimby, who was a, a scoring guru that came over from Doherty. Uh, Jandon Duggan, who played extremely well his senior year. Mike Evans, uh, a solid ball handler, point guard. So that, that's a lot of firepower that you're losing. Zion Fluellen, a 6'5 wing. So what happens? What becomes of Green Force? They have some some pieces coming back. Big Mo Abdul Salam. I heard uh, he's actually going to commit to a college pretty soon. I don't think he's he's not playing this upcoming year. He might have ran out of eligibility or going to college soon or going to have to go to prep school. One of those deals. So he might not even be in the picture as well. So what's left at Green Force? Terrell Sanders uh, was listed as a six three sophomore last year. I know he saw some playing time and. He's a pretty good score, but other than that, a lot of these guys, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be there or not. Uh, so it's just, it's very interesting. Is someone going to step right in? We're we're already in what July twentieth. We're just literally weeks away from school opening. Who who's going to come in and become the the uh, the uh, the head coach right away? And uh, are they going to keep the ball rolling, or is Green Forest going to fall back to? being a bit of a just another school a relevancy or are they gonna keep the keep the torch keep the flame and keep building a program green force has been known for they they have a lot of good players that are coming from overseas and they they install them into that system and they've had a, a lot of size but all that size is now graduated and that's that's a big question who's going to take over are they going to going to continue to get talent there um if not, if if they if they're not uh, not able to keep all this great talent there and keep getting kids to to end up there and build a program, that's that's a pretty good thing for the rest of Class A private. That's for St. Francis, for Aquinas, for uh, ELCA, Wesleyan, uh, schools of that nature, Holy Innocence. Once they rebuild that after they lost a big graduating class, uh, I already expected that. 
Class A private was going to be as as wide open as it's been in you know three four years because it's been so dominated with Green Force and St. Francis bashing each other's heads and playing for the state title every single year. Then you had uh, Saka jump in it this year and you saw Green Force just dismantle them. And I mean Southwest Atlanta Christian they graduated a lot of people too. So if whoever takes over at Green Force if they don't have some studs coming in or they haven't developed some studs over the summer. Uh, I mean, Class A private is going to be as wide open as it gets. Last year, it was Class 4A that was wide open, and we saw Ups and Lee really run away with that classification. But shoot, uh, it, it's it's late in the game. Green Force is going to need a head coach very soon, and they're going to really need to find a new direction to go in. Yeah, I was just going to jump in here, Kyle, and say you were talking about this huge graduating class that Green Forest lost, and a lot of the times these coaches, especially these analytical coaches who are really looking to make – coaching their career they really like what they do and they're good at it they're often looking three four years in the future not only looking at what talent they have now but what they have down in their feeder programs in the middle school what are these seventh graders and eighth graders looking like who's going to be coming into my program in the next two or three years and for coach thompson if he's looking at it and i think this may be an indicator of course this is all based on speculation but this may be an indicator that he thought he had better prospects moving over to wheeler and the classes coming up there would have been better where he would have a better chance of sustained winning at building a program, a culture of excellence, you know, going back to the state championships over at a program like Wheeler versus at a program like Green Force where they've lost a lot of talent. And maybe in his eyes, that talent isn't really coming back. Yeah, that's a good point because Wheeler, I mean, that's a that's a, a storied traditional tradition program over there that's a public school that's the highest classification there is so obviously you're going to have theater programs you're going to have middle school teams you're going to have you know all the way down to the elementary school then you have strong uh and at least in the past they've had very strong ties to to aau programs and they they get all those kids playing with each other year round and all that sort of deal so uh that that's a good point that over at Wheeler, you're gonna you're gonna have some control over the younger kids grooming them the way you want them to play and the style. Over at Green Force, I mean, shoot, anytime you have a, a a private school, a private school is usually a private school. It's probably not gonna be a, a, a kindergarten through whatever, and you're not gonna have a much of a, a feeder program. It's just well, whoever's there and can afford to you know pay the tuition to go to a private school and stuff like that. So it's a lot more difficult and especially with the the foreign moves in and stuff like that you got to make sure you 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 know cross your t's and dot your i's and make sure everything's by the letter of the law make sure you're going through all the proper channels to get all these kids eligible and uh i mean over at wheeler you don't really necessarily have that problem you have a i mean he's he's stepping into some big shoes i mean doug lipscomb those are big shoes uh uh very storied coach very historic career of winning many state championships and i mean larry's off to a great start with two two state titles and two tries but uh the cupboard's not going to be bare over at wheeler after you know last year we you know harped on the the transfer situation with all the guys coming in and kind of fell flat didn't make the final four all that stuff but still if you look at their projected roster that's supposed to come back brandon younger supposed to play i believe he started his career at maybe Mount Pisgah, and uh, he, he transferred over there to uh, Wheeler and, you know, didn't really see any playing time. But now it's time for him to really step up going into his senior year as a 6'6 six, six guard. 
He's got all, all the opportunities in the world to really make an impact now. Uh, I guess Reekin Donaldson, he came over from, I want to say it was like the Savannah area, and he's really never seen much playing time. Then you got Austin Johnson, who a guy a guy who's also going to be a senior coming up, 6'9". I think he has a chance to be to be a, a, a very good player, and he's going to be playing alongside, of course, E.J. Montgomery, who's still supposed to be there, 6'10", going to Auburn, who I think's the best big man in the state of Georgia. So you got a lot of a lot of pieces to work with, and of course you have Isaac Martin, who's going to be a, a junior wing coming up. Roscoe Eastman, who's uh, proven to be a, a good ball handler and a good decision maker in his time in the game, he's going to be a junior now. So there's a lot to work with over there at Wheeler, and then you have to think, well, Wheeler's always been known to attract players, and players want to come play there for whatever reason. And now Larry's going over there. Is Larry going to bring some kids that wanted to go to Green Force? Are they going to now end up at Wheeler? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But, uh, I mean, Wheeler's, if it wasn't already a destination, which, it, I mean, it got a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking overcrowded. for? Overcrowded. Yeah, overcrowded. A little, not dirty, but sullied just because it was just a kind of messy situation last year. Now you still have that wheeler on the front of the jersey, and you have Larry Thompson stepping in to to really take the reins and guide that and continue them going in the right direction. That might revamp the uh, the interest in Wheeler after, like we said last year, a lot of guys. And then this year I haven't heard too much of people moving in. But um, Wheeler's definitely going to be a, a, a destination again with a, a, a vibrant new head coach that is one – you know two state championships two for two so wheeler uh this could be the start of really rebirthing that program not to say it really fell on hard times but to really keep this thing going strong and long and uh deep into the future with a a winning tradition i think it's a really a, a home run hire for wheeler and if I may jump in here, Kyle, all of those reasons that you listed, all of those players coming back to Wheeler, I think is even greater evidence of what Coach Larry Thompson sees. And, you know, I think it's really hard as a coach or even as a player, especially once you get up in the pro leagues, you don't walk away from a championship team. It's very hard to walk away from just winning, especially winning two, turning your back and going into something, you know, relatively unnew, something that hasn't won. To turn your back and walk away from that is very telling. And I think if we also look at he goes from a private school from to a public school. So when you look at the financials, you would assume that the private school would pay more. Now, we're not exactly sure. Wheeler would probably have a formidable booster club who would provide some sort of stipend to a coach of Coach Thompson's caliber. But he must see something in Wheeler that he doesn't see in Greenforts to make the move. And you got to wonder, is he there for the long haul? Is he there to really build Wheeler up? Or do you think this may be a stepping stone to looking up towards college jobs? Uh, I think I think it's a it's a place that he could call his home for a very very long time as long as everything's copacetic and everything's moving in the right direction. As a coach, of course, you got to be on the same page with the booster club, with the administration, uh, the community, all that stuff. And I don't see any reason why they wouldn't all be on the same page. Uh, I think he can win there quickly, win there right away, win big right away. The only thing is, it's going to be a lot more difficult. I mean, Class A private, everyone was gunning for Green Force, and pretty much everyone was playing for second place over the past two years. It was a foregone conclusion. Green Force is going to be in the championship game. Now let's just see who are they going to play against right now. Are they going to make it a close game or not? And more often than not, it was just it wasn't even close. Green Force is just 
too good. And I always have said I thought Green Force was the best team in the state the past two years. But now, since he's going to be at Wheeler, even though these other schools have seen graduation hit them hard as well, Westlake's in there, Pebble Brook's in there, uh, East Coweta is a program that's been on the rise. Campbell has always been a, uh, a very tough team to, to take out, even though they were only 3-7 and seven in the region last year. They played many, many tight games, but they do graduate uh, Tyree Crankfield and some other good guards over there, so they might take a bit of a, a step back. And then Noonan is, uh, I guess, they're, they're, they're in a tough position, but if there's any chance for them to, to score a region win, it's going to be this year just because uh, it's not as star-studded of a region right now that we know of as far as transfers coming in, moving in and out, like the Wild Wild West, like Region 2 was last year. But still, uh, he's going to have to do a good job coaching because there is talent at Westlake and there is talent at Pebblebrook. And once again, that Region 2 is going to be regarded as one of the top regions in the state. And uh, it's going to be a battle night in and night out, uh, not so much as it was last year when they were just steamrolling everybody in their region over at Green Forest. And I think one thing I want to mention that you hinted at earlier is, you know, sometimes bringing in a new coach just will bring in a whole new set of energy, new playbook, new coaching philosophy will kind of re-energize the rejuvenated program. Not saying Wheeler needed that. And, of course, it's a no-knock on Coach Doug Lipscomb. He's won over 600 games and six state titles, the last one coming in 2015. But for a guy who's been at the program since 1992, that's a coach who's been there for a long time, who's a place that hasn't seen a shakeup probably in a long time. And sometimes bringing in that new coach can just kind of re-energize it. And, of course, nothing against Doug, Coach Doug Lipscomb, but sometimes – and he can go on to have a successful career anywhere else in the state. I don't have any doubt about that. But sometimes you just need a fresh body in there to rejuvenate and re-energize the team. Yeah, after how last year ended, how – I mean, the fisticuffs that came down and just pretty pretty crazy to think about how – he has a, a gymnasium named after him and how he got treated, you know, going out the door and all that all that madness. So um, that, that, that's just wild. But you're right. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be new. You just said, I mean, shoot, he's been there for what, like 25 years, 25 years or so now. Uh, things are going to be different. I don't know how much different they are, but these coaches are not all clones of each other. They're going to have different philosophies and different ways of going about things, different practice styles and different styles of play. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be new for Wheeler, but uh, they definitely have a good coach in place that knows how to win and, from all accounts, is is a uh, is a good guy and is going to treat his players. Uh, with respect and dignity, and he's probably going to get it back from his players as well. So I think it's a really good hire for them, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens to uh, Green Force. We know Wheeler is going to be good, but Green Force is really the big question. Are there still going to be kids moving in there, or is it going to be a max exodus and everyone's going to disperse and we're never going to hear of Green Force again? We don't know, but they're really going to have to get on the ball and get a head coach in their ASAP. I agree. And on that note, I think we'll call it a day. With this emergency podcast, we ran a little longer than we wanted to, but I think we got some good information out there. We don't want to keep our listeners for too, too long 
on this Thursday evening. Um, as always, we have some really good coverage on Twitter. Trent Markwith, our contributor, is doing a great job covering all the AAU tournaments out, and we should have a podcast out on that shortly. Also, a new sidebar poll up on sandyspiel.com about the best overall player in the class of 2018. We'll be doing something special with that, both on the website and on the podcast. That's something to listen forward to. Kyle, any closing thoughts? Uh, nope, that's about it. Right now, we got the best of the South going on, hosted by Hoop Scene. Uh, Trent Markwith has been bouncing around there in the on-the-radar tournament. Uh, great games over at Leg Point this week. And yes, uh, I know we haven't officially announced it, but I've somewhat teased it and announced it. There will be 2018 player rankings, first time ever on Sandy Spiel, coming out. And that's going to be, I wanted to release it probably this week, but uh, with a lot of rumors heating up with kids trying to leave the state, uh, I figured it's best to hold off and try and release those state rankings uh, once school starts to open up, so maybe second week of August, something like that. But it is going to be the top 80 players in the class of 2018, and it's not going to be your traditional 1 through 80. It's going to be broken down top 20 point guards, top 20 combo guards, top 20 small forwards, and then your top 20 uh, big men, which is going to be power forwards and centers and it gets a little convoluted when you have you know forwards playing different positions. So if someone's listed with a specific group, just take in mind that they play multiple positions. And just because you might play a wing in college, uh, that doesn't mean I can't list you as a center or a power forward in the high school ball if that's the primary position that you're playing in your prep career. So that's something to keep an eye out on, um, working on – Finishing up that list, very difficult. I tried to see as many kids as possible. But uh, if you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, if you think there's any omissions, uh, we're going to cover that by uh, sending all your your mail, email address to uh, sandyspiel at gmail.com. And that is where I will answer all your questions on a podcast the following week. So if you don't see your, your favorite player listed or you think they should be higher or lower, or you want to just ask me, why'd you rank player B ahead of player B? Uh, shoot, shoot that to an email, sandyspiel at gmail.com, S-A-N-D-Y-S-S-P-I-E-L at gmail.com and I will answer everything on there. I will not answer anything on Twitter because there will be a mouse storm of craziness. But if you want to go through the proper channels and you can email that to Ramin who will be in charge of reading that off and I will not have any pre um, prior knowledge to any of the questions until Ramin reads those off to me on the podcast as we record. So everything, all my answers will be off the cuff and I'll have to defend everything quickly. I won't have anything measured out, anything like that. So I think that'll be a, a very good topic of conversation as long as everyone joins the discussion and uh, they want to know why, who is ranked here and why is someone there and all that good stuff. So something to really keep an eye on. And with that being said, I think that wraps it up for this nice, uh, juicy, uh, quote-unquote, emergency podcast as a state of Georgia. The landscape has surely changed for the upcoming future.